Haribol everyone, Hare Krishna, my name is Kishore Chandra and we're going live um, for Chit Chat. Myself and Jai Jagannath Prabhu come on here every evening at 6pm Eastern time and we talk about spiritual topics. Welcome Princess Pepina, Haribol, welcome on the blue skies, Geneva, Sham, Kavi, welcome everyone. Uh, yesterday was really fun. We were talking about Niyama Agraha um, and holding on too tightly to the rules and regulations and how that can be kind of a plateau. Shout <laughs> 11 p.m. BST. What's BST? British Standard Time? Oh, no worries, Money Blue Skies. We miss you too. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Mahotsa Prabhu. Hare Paul. Okay, Jai Jagannath is coming just now, and we'll get started in a moment. Welcome, PB Chat. Welcome, everyone. Hi, Paul. British summertime. Hi, Paul. Hari. So let's get right to it, because I don't know how much time I have. <laughs> is, the fro is the phone refrigerated? The phone is refrigerated, but okay. some somehow when I go on Instagram, it starts to heat up very fast. I don't know why. Anyway, I'm planning on going into the city tomorrow to get okay. a new phone. Okay, cool. So let's get into it. We left off with Niyamagraha yesterday. Uh, I forgot in what context I brought up the topic of Niyamagraha. Well... I guess I brought it up in the context of having a hard time balancing the tension between form and substance. Yes. And the tendency is when you're immature, you require a lot of assistance from form, from the external. Yes. And as a result of that, we have this problem where, of Niyamagraha, which can be a destroyer of bhakti or a saboteur of bhakti, Rupa Goswami says. Yeah, And I was making the point that on the one hand, there could be the problem of niyama agraha. So the word niyama, again, means like rules, regulations, uh, ritual, etc. And there's the agraha, means clinging too tightly to that. Yeah. Um, I referenced Bhaktivinoda Thakur's essay on this, which is a wonderful essay on this topic. And he says, basically, uh, you know, there's the goal of life, and then there's where we're at. And in between the goal of life and where we're at, there are many stages. Mm. On, on each stage, there are certain rules, if prudently follow, allow you to move to the next stage. Um, so Niyama Agraha means when you have followed those rules prudently on the stage that you're at, and it's time to move forward. But instead of moving forward, you say, no, nah, I think I'm cool here. Mm. And the result of thinking like that is that you go down. Mm which is an amazing, I, I started to share some of my own personal experience with that. And I think you were starting to share some of your own personal experience with that. And then we brought up the point that I didn't think got fully formed, that basically there's a fear to make advancement. And you brought up a really cool side point that I definitely want to explore, that the fear of advancing is because the really advanced people kind of look crazy from the conventional point of view, from the conventional eye. They look, you know, you gave the example of St. Francis of Assisi. I gave the example of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They were kind of wild. And <laughs> one verse from the Bhagavatam, which Mahaprabhu's guru said was the essence of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Srimad Bhagavatam is 18,000 verses. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's guru said this verse is the essence of the Srimad Bhagavatam. In that verse, it speaks about chanting the names of God that are dear to one. 
and developing love. And then the symptoms of love are then given. These are the symptoms of love. He laughs. He gets agitated. He cries. Um, he dances like a madman, not mm. caring for public opinion. So madness seems to be the symptom of really advanced persons. Anyway, because of that, there's an, a fear like really advanced and we kind of get settled on a particular level of practice of devotion. Mm. And we know that the implication of advancing is maybe really, I think Madhava Puri brought this up. You said you had screenshot something he said. Yeah. But he brought it up. Basically, the implication of making advancement in spiritual life is that you lose the persona that you've spent so much time building up for yourself. So there's fear from both sides. There's fear mm. of advancing because you might become a... Um, a legit crazy person, a bona fide crazy person. And there's fear of advancing on the side of losing the persona that I'm so much attached to. And as a result, we suffer from Nehemiah Agra and we don't advance. We lean too hard into form and, and not enough into substance. Mm. That, that was a summary with some extra points that I, I didn't think I fully formulated. What are you hearing with, with Sarah? No, this is a very good summary. And I'm also hearing, you know, well, two things are coming to mind right now. One is, um, yeah, you know, clinging too hard to, you know, Niyama Agraha, right? Like clinging too hard to the, to the rules and regulations at the current stage that you're at and therefore not being able to make advancement forward. And it was interesting because I was having a conversation with um, uh, my cousin. My cousin came to visit me today. He lives in the city. Okay. And so he came with his wife and their kid and they came to visit me today. Um, and he was like, he's like really interested in the fact that I'm like a Hare Krishna. He's like always wanting to talk about it. And I'm like, cool. Yeah, let's talk about it. And so just now he was like, um, so there's a Hare Krishna temple in, in the city. You know that, right? And I was just like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll get there eventually, you know. I've had I've I've been talking to some people and he's like yeah he's like you should really go and like this and whatever and then he started asking all these questions he was like why do they have the little ponytail but you don't and I was like, <laughs> cuz I'm trying like, to look cute <laughs> I mean that was the real answer but I didn't give that answer and I it just got me really thinking because I was like you know I, I love the little ponytail I'm just you know I mean the shika right I'm, to him I was just like the little ponytail and I was like, I love it. I've just, I've just never had it. Like, I never felt like I, I needed to have it. And he's like, yeah, but like, is it, is it mandatory? Like at, at this place in, in, in the city? And I was like, maybe. I was like, I don't know. Cause I don't know that, that temple and what their whole thing is, but it might be, you know, it, it definitely might be if they're living in the ashram like this, like it might be that, that that's a requirement or they want you to wear devotional clothes. They want you to have a shika like this. And it really, and then he, and then this is what he said to me. I'm making a point. <laughs> he's like yeah but like when you were in new york and you were living in the ashram and things like this he's like you didn't have to like do that stuff did you and i was like no like i, I could have if i wanted to like i could have worn devotional clothes every single day and i could have gotten a shika if i wanted to but i just didn't i i it wasn't a requirement you know and so um that felt very nice to me that i wasn't forced to do something and he was like yeah that makes more sense like this and it just had me thinking because I have met a lot of people that are very intensely focused on the externals, but there is something that comes good from that because something that I'll tell right. you is that, because something that I'll tell you, because this is the second thing that came up for me. 
I'm not bashing either side. Either side has both of their, their strong suits, you know? So it's like, we're living in a quote unquote contemporary ashram, a bhakti center. You can do, you can not do, you can like this, you can, and you know, whatever. But I was specific, but you know, you go to an ashram, let's say, you know, I, I don't know what the Ecuador Guayaquil ashram is like, but you, let's say you go to any ashram in India, you know, Iskan, uh, Pune or Radhagopinath, you know, Chaupati, like they know their chit. They know their chit like very well. And I specifically remember you chastising some of our god brothers and myself and me. And yes, I remember not chastising, you're never chastising, like in a joking way. But uh -huh. I remember like I remember like we were in a Bhakti Shastri class or you know the nectar devotion class and you were speaking about like the ecstatic symptoms or something like this. And <laughs> Oh and you were specific God. and you were specifically talking about um the the guru vashtakam prayers that we sing every morning for mongolarti and you were talking about the second verse about how it talks about like the you know the ecstasies and the oh, hair standing yes. on end and like this and you were like and i remember you telling me telling everyone like you you all are singing this every day don't you know what this means like, don't you know what these words means? You should know this. This is something that you're singing every day. You should know what the words mean. And I remember you would say things like this often, actually. And I really took that to heart. And I, I, mm. I have like a book where like I write down all the translations because I was like, we should know what we're chanting. You know, we should know the prayers. We should be endeavoring to memorize some sort of stavas or some sort of prayers. We should know what the Guru Vashtakam and the Guru Vandana prayers are talking about. Like, it shouldn't just yes. be like, we're reciting Sanskrit mindlessly just because like, this is what you're supposed to do. So I think that it becomes difficult because even before, I would say even before Niyama Agraha, where I'm clinging too strongly to the rules, like, it's like, I have to, I have to know why I'm even doing the rules in the first place, you know, because I think that there are, I think it's a very neophyte thing. Like I've definitely been there, you know, where it's like, I'm just doing the rules because that's what I was told to do because that's what everyone else is doing around me because everyone is wearing like, everyone is chanting like this. So I have to memorize all the Sanskrit. I have to, I have to chant, even though I'm not memorizing perhaps the meaning of what this is. I'm just, you know, just yes. because that's what we're doing. And so I think it becomes, it becomes very difficult you know, because you were bringing this up yesterday and I'll end on this point. It becomes very difficult because you have people in our family that, you know, you brought up Krishna West where it's like, okay, well, why, why is there so much emphasis on quote unquote devotional clothes or why is there so much emphasis on, you know, I don't know, Shika or like this or whatever, whatever it is that I'm showing outwardly to be a devotee. And it's like, it's hard because it's like, I see their point, but I also don't see their point, you know? Like, I get it, it shouldn't have to, I should be able to wear Western clothes and just know like this. But at the same time, I've seen examples where I'm wearing the teal, I have the teal, like I have the doti, I have like this, but I might just be, you know, like this. I yeah, the, like this. the idea, I guess my experience speaks to this and my, my personal experience and also vicarious experience is that as a beginner, it's, it, you may even argue that it's healthy to lean into the externals. I mean, the fact of the matter is that before Krishna consciousness, I'm, frankly speaking, you are animal, all of us. <laughs> like, let's be perfectly clear that 
most of America, like at least Westerners, generally speaking, from the, like an Indian subcontinent cultural perspective, and even a scriptural perspective, we would be considered outcasts because we were eating meats, especially abominable types of meat like cow meat. You know, basically, if you eat cow meat, your whole lineage is considered contaminated, like an outcast, even if they don't eat even if they're vegetarian after you, they're considered outcasts because someone in your lineage ate beef. And so we're, and we, we grew up on, you know, outcast culture, outcast, and what I mean by outcast is basically the principle of animalism, unrestricted mm -hmm. Unre senses, unregulated senses, and so on. So before we were devotees, we were animals, basically. Dvipada Pashu, that's the Sanskrit term for it, it's two-legged animal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the human animal uh, is more dangerous than any animal on the planet because he has the intelligence of a human but the um, attachment of an animal. So he's a, quite a dangerous creature. And religion generally is meant to regulate that. So the externals of a tradition or a religion, when you're, when you're coming new into it, in one sense it might be considered healthy to lean hard into that just so you can get a foothold to make progress. Otherwise, the unregulated nature of our outcast upbringing will prevent yeah. us from making substantial advancement uh, inside and outside. Yeah, I also want to say, say something. something. Really, I yeah. just want to. I just want to interject really quickly because I love the way that you phrase that. Leaning hard into it, it's like you have to lean hard into it. Right. You have to. I can't. I can't casually study the Bhagavatam. I'm just ca What's your casual reading? Oh, I'm just, I'm just casually skimming over the Bhagavatam. It's like, no, it actually requires intense study, you know, like Bhagavatam, Gita, you know, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, all these wonderful books in our lineage. Like, it requires intense study. I can't just, like, casually be like, yeah, I know, kind of, whatever. It, right. Like, but I was even know? thinking, like, leaning hard into stuff like that, but also just leaning hard into, like, ritual even yeah, you don't yeah, know yeah. the meaning, let me show up. Even though yeah. you don't feel like doing something, let me do it. It's just helpful to come to the platform of becoming a human being. A human means one whose senses, well, there are many ways you can define human, but just fundamentally, one yeah. who is sense control for a higher purpose. I've often brought up on this channel that the difference between a human and an animal, well, one of the differences is that the humans have the ability to resist their instincts. And by mm -hmm. instincts, I mean their attachments and aversions, which are causes of delusion, according to Krishna. Yeah. The animal, yeah. the soul in the animal species doesn't have that ability. It must follow its instincts. But the human yeah. being has the ability to question that. Atato Brahma Jignasa, that is, this is considered the speciality of human existence. As you can question like, wait, I'm attached to this, but is this a good idea? Oh, no, this seems like this not a good idea. And if you're too dumb to figure it out, you might got some friends that'll question for you. Yo, bro, is that a good idea? And this is the speciality of the human life. And so mm -hmm. leaning hard to the externals allows for that kind of foothold onto the plane of human existence. Yes. Otherwise, here to that attainment, we were basically living like animals. So I get that. And I think, it's, like I said, I think a, a good argument could be made for leaning hard into the externals when you're starting off. The, yeah. the thing is, is that as you um, stick around, that's when the externals become not sufficient. 
like when you follow the externals in the beginning, you feel like a pure devotee. Like well, you do. I'm like I, shoot, you dude, do. I thought, I thought I was mad pure, dude. Like, but I, remember, <laughs> I don't. Know. <laughs> no, go for it. Go for it. I, was say, I remember. I, I don't even know if I should share this. It's so embarrassing, but I remember one time, one girl, like she was older than me, an older devotee. <laughs> this is so. Embarrassing. I don't know if I should share this. She went with something um, and her Christian, because like much more senior to me. And I remember, you know, out of the kindness of my heart, I like talked to her in the lobby when she was feeling like really down, really depressed. <sighs> I think, I think it's beginning. Is it, are you there? It's starting. Can you still hear me? It's, it, I'm I can still hear you now. Okay, okay, continue. I'm going out. Anyway, she, she asked, uh, she was just like, I just wish there were advanced devotees for me to associate with. And I remember when she said that, I was like, <laughs> hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Don't move too fast or else the connection's going to go out. Oh, my gosh. Oh, God. <laughs> I feel like whenever we laugh really hard, the connection just, it just goes. At least we got the end of that story because that was really good. Okay, you're still, you're good. Uh, <laughs> you hear me? Freezer, yeah, but it's so I'm super actually loud. literally in the freezer. Go to the freezer. <laughs> oh, Sanjeev Rada, he did refrigerate. He did. He did refrigerate, and this is still the situation. Everyone, he's getting a new phone tomorrow. He's going on a pilgrimage to the city. Oh, okay, I think maybe is. I don't know. Okay, I think it's good. I think it's good now. It's good. Just, yeah. Um, anyway, that's my embarrassing story. <laughs> I forgot why I even brought it up. Because <laughs> I'm so focused on this phone. Just this idea of, um, I don't know why you brought it up either, but we were talking about embarrassing stories. But I also, just like feeling like you're pure, oh, I remember why you brought it up. Like when you're really following the regulations and right. you're really you feel following pure. everything, you feel pure. When I first went into that ashram, maybe not the first few months, but like after I like really caught my stride and I was like, Tilak, perfect, Dodi, perfect. Always, I don't know if you noticed this giant, but I was always in the temple room like before. Arjuna Prabhu was there first and then I would get there second. Right, and I was right, like right. always super early. I was always super early. And I was one of those people, this is embarrassing. I was one of those people that for the people that would walk in late, I'd be like. Right. I, mm, 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 mm. So <laughs> insincere. So insincere. Uh, and I even would go to the, oh, I saw that you were five minutes late to Mungles this morning. <laughs> it was so bad. I was terrible. out of control. I was terrible, everyone. And of course, Krishna had his wonderful way of just like, boom, you know, slapping right. me into submission and making me understand that it's not about that. But yeah, you definitely do feel like super pure right at the beginning. But when I, I want to say, I want to say that's healthy in the beginning. It is. Yeah, that makes sense. It, does. it allows you to get some foothold.
and to your humanity, like uh, an actual humanity as defined by sacred text. Um, yeah. And allows you to like get some motivation to move forward. But yeah. as you stick around, it becomes insufficient. Like substance of what's actually happening inside of you becomes the critical factor. Yeah. And, I truly believe. Yeah. I truly believe also that like the more, because I think that's a really nice point that you bring up about how like basically we are living animal life before we come to Krishna consciousness, and then we get a taste for we got a taste for like, you know, the real purpose of human life. And I do remember that living in the ashram, I always felt, and I still do feel, because I mean, I'm going to be super honest with you and super honest with everyone. I feel very unmotivated, you know, like I'm like living in a cushy apartment with a beach, a five minute walk away with very little responsibility. You know, like I have to show up to chit chat. Okay. There's that. And that's keeping me kind of like this. But I feel very unmotivated. And like, right. and so those externals are there for a reason. You know, I remember a big feeling that I had when we were living in the Bhakti Center was like, oh, wow, this is really beautiful. Like, of course, there was moments when it felt like intense and crazy and service and like this. But there were moments I was like, wow, life could be like this, you know, like life could actually be like this. Like, we could just all be serving mm. together in a family. Like, we could just all be really super dedicated to our Guru Maharaj's and Shri Prabhupada's vision, like, like, we could do this if we wanted to. And I still have that feeling. It's just like, you know, right now, obviously, COVID has happened, and like, everyone has dispersed, and the world has been turned upside down. But I remember that that feeling was very priceless. Because if you don't have that feeling of hope, of like, this could be this way, I could actually, maybe have taste of the holy name, like I could right. actually be a good devotee, maybe, you know, if I, if I actually apply myself, if I actually kind of like do the work, because I think that it's, it's easy to get into that, like, comfort zone, defeatist mindset of just like, yeah, you know, I'm a devotee. Sure. And that leads <laughs> to that leads to the other idea, which maybe we don't have time to explore elaborately here. But then yes. that leads to the Niyama Agraha part. Yes. tightly enough to the rules that is that is for our stage of development and we imprudently neglect them and become um you know this sort of um in-between creature not fully yes. human not fully <laughs> animal not really able to make out what it is exactly um but like not fully human not fully animal but leaning towards the animal side and I think that does happen to a lot of devotees as we become somewhat jaded with just the externals of KC, the same old yeah. talking points, the same old rituals. And we may become like, that's not enough. We need to really develop our substance. So we yeah. have this idea in our head that now I'm going to push forth hard on developing substance. And then we tend to lean away from the rules that will help us to actually do that. Like some rules you might have to actually let go to make progress, but other rules are like kind of there to make sure it's kind of like a safety net, a safety yeah, net to make really sure is. you don't, you don't just go, you know, okay, you can do that little circus trick where you go from the, you know, the swinging bar, you do like a little flip and grab the other bar. But just in case you miss that other bar, just in case, there's a safety net here to catch you. And we're like, no, I don't need the safety net. I'm, I, I got I'll this. be fine. I'm really good. <laughs> I'll be fine. And then you try to hide a little flip thing and you just missed the bar and you're like, oh man. 
and down you just go. fall flat on your um, face down you go yeah exactly so i think that's that and the hard part about this this nima agraha nima agraha is basically if you don't have proper guidance you're not going to exactly know how to apply that and this is where this concept in gauri vaishnava we have a shiksham bhajan guru so the shiksha guru is one who gives specific guidance on how you should develop your bhajan so if you read the books you have a generic understanding of the you know basic trajectory the basic thresholds you have to cross through to make advancement but you as an individual practitioner requires individual insight and guidance and largely a lot of us we may we don't have or don't accept don't look for that sort of specific guidance in our progress and so it's always we're always left to figure out how to prudently apply things and we usually err at least my observation particularly with westerners is that we usually err on the side of nima agraha and just like releasing the rules and just like yeah that's external that's material that's that's religion i'm spiritual and we tell ourselves all sorts of bullshit so we don't have to do the, the you know the tapas required yeah. to at least keep a basic standard of spirituality and then we end up these sort of like yeah just empty persons i just posted on instagram like almost after a month i haven't really been on the ground or that much or i've been on facebook a little bit more but not that much either um you know i was still wanting to cost you know start some shit but i've been a little bit <laughs> classy recently but i finally posted today something and it was about it was me looking into a well and i saw that that was a i thought it was a really it took me like 5 minutes to write that cuz the, the inspiration just came to do it and yeah you kind of end up like that looking in the blind well for yourself like where did mm. when did i lose myself you know mm. when did i let go of the principles that kept me at a basic standard and when did i lose myself and here i am a completely lost soul talking about how i'm going to give direction to what what the society needs <laughs> yeah have a seat or what is that sashay away sashay, sashay away, away. <laughs> i think this is such a good point you know it's such a good point because it's really about our lived experience and our lived reality and i think you know gerald was saying earlier that like community is gold like this and when we live it's you know i don't know uh, any listeners or whatever but like when you are deeply a part of a community yeah you feel that you feel that you know you feel like i have a responsibility to this community i have a responsibility to you know the mission and like this and whatever and i'm just going to speak very honestly and very you know as some of you know you know many of us at the bhakti center have like dispersed like like many of us like left when the pandemic happened i'm in ecuador Jai Jagannath was in Florida and now he's in North Carolina I believe and so many yes. so many people have gone to so many different places and it's like Kali Yuga makes it really difficult for like these kinds of projects to actually like to 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 stay together you know to to do this and so it's like I love these chit chats because they keep me very um having some sense of responsibility because this Nima Agraha point is like hitting home a little bit hard I'm just like <laughs> I know <laughs> like, me too I'm feeling embarrassed I'm feeling embarrassed too because I'm just like oh, here I am at the beach, you know, like just like having a cushy life, just like yeah, 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 like this. But I think I think I think the biggest point that we're trying to make perhaps is that 
how do we perhaps stop the seesaw? You know, because I've experienced this in my devotional life, the seesaw of going from Niyama Agraha to Niyama Agraha, right? Like I'm like, really, really, I'm just like the rules and my this and like this and whatever. And then something happens in life, some disappointment. Maybe I move out of the ashram. Maybe like I have like a tiff with one of my devotional, you know, relationships, whatever it is, whatever it is. And I'm just like, and then I go over here to this side. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. I'm good, I'm good. I come when I come, you know, like this. And then maybe there's some reversal in life that really like Krishna makes me fall flat on the face. And I'm just like, rules and regulations. Like I need you, you know? I need right, you like right, this. right, 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 right. I, I experience that a lot. I'm like, I'm over here right, right now. I'm in the Niyama, Niyama Agraha. I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'm good. I'm at the beach. I'll see the devotees yeah. when I see the devotees. And, you know, spirit, spirit's about what's in your heart. Bhakti's about what's in your heart. And Krishna like on the altar like, <laughs> really? <laughs> really? And then telling the Pujari, hold my flute. Let me go and knock this fool up. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about bhaktis, what's in the heart, you know. And then I know, I know that Krishna is going to come and like knock me another yarn and I'll end up over on that side where I'm just like rules and regulations and let's go to Vrindavan and just, you know, I can't with this material world and like this. But it's like, no. how do I, no. yeah, what there, there, I guess, I guess there has to be some sort of middle ground. I'm seeing a lot of, a lot of comments. Uh, oh, Shyam saying like that. Don't worry, we can drown the embarrassment in some jokes. Shallow enjoyment after the chat. <laughs> Say, like, I really like, like that. my yeah, hold my flute. Hold my flute. <laughs> Let me go knock up my devotee real quick. Hold my talking smack. <laughs> Maybe that's another t shirt. So hold my flute. We got to get a good hold image of that. Oh my god. That's a good t-shirt design. We have we have to start we have to start our merch. Okay, let's 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 talk to each other afterwards when I get this new phone. Okay, okay. First step, new phone, then merch. Wait, Madhavapuri saying, Thank Krishna, we always come back to the sweet personal relationship with the name. It's different every day. But when you stay with the power, it's real. Yeah, on good days, you know. Because I feel like I mean, I don't know, I've talked to certain devotees. I've talked to certain devotees, and yeah, we always do come back to the sweetness of the name. But I remember talking to one of our god brothers, and he was saying something along the lines of like, where he was like really going through it, like really, really going through it. And he was telling me how angry he was. Like he was like angry at Krishna, and he was like angry at the mantra, mm. and he like threw his beads. He like threw his beads against the wall and was just like, come on, like what the hell, like this. And I remember one of my, one of our, um, a Srila Prabhupada disciple at the Bhakti Center. I remember, because I told him I was having similar feelings, and he actually said that this was a good thing. He was like, yeah. He was like, you mm. should get angry with Krishna. He's like, yes. He's like, this is good that you're having anger with Krishna. It's, it's good, because Krishna is a person, and you're having a very deep relationship with him. And yeah, you, you go ask Krishna. Go, go to the altar and see the deities and ask Krishna, why are you doing this to me? And why am I so angry? And like this, he's like, these are all good things and you should continue like this. And I was like, it wasn't, it yes. wasn't like as satisfying as an answer, but I was like, okay, so, okay. You know, like I was like, yeah. And it does make sense because I think like, I think the more we lean into the fact that it is a relationship and just like any relationship, when I neglect the other person, right? So if I'm neglecting yes. Krishna and being like, it's okay, you know, I'm just here at the beach and like whatever. And like that, Krishna's gonna be like, yo, 
what's going on with you? You know? Well, in, you know, even more than that, to neglect Krishna is to neglect our own soul because yeah. we are a part of Krishna. It's not a, it's not a mundane duality. It, he's over there, I'm over here, but we are, you know, conscious parts, you know, conscious integrated parts of a complete whole. And so yes. to turn away or to be neglectful of Krishna in a sense to be neglectful of our own selves simultaneously that's the feeling yeah. of emptiness and desperation and dark nights of the soul and, you know, yeah. depression. You know, all the stuff we're probably going through right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll not keep it too negative because we're supposed to be an uplifting channel of bhakti. <laughs> Jai, well, um, let's call it there. And I think... Yes. I think um, and I think this Niyama Agraha point, maybe we can continue on that tomorrow because I think it's a good yes. point about how like <clears throat> when, when we get when we get too cushy, when we get too, you know, like we're just like, yeah, whatever, rules and regulations, like they're there, sure. When we get a little too cushy, when we get, you know, like this and kind of talk about that right. tomorrow, I think would be really nice. Absolutely. Oh, I like what Kaylee is saying. Seeing something as separate from Krishna causes bhayam for sure. Yeah, that's a verse from the Bhagavatam. Bhayam dutiyabhinivesatashat. I often quote this verse. Well, mm. it's, a, it's a core verse of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Ishade Petasha means to be turned away from God. Then the effect of that is Ashmriti. So Ashmriti means that you forget your own self, which mm. is very, that's how Acharya's comment on the, the word Ashmriti literally means to lose memory. And mm. the commentator said this means to lose memory of your own self. And mm. as a result of loss of memory of self, there's, Viparyaya. Viparyaya means to see the opposite of the self, as a self. In other words, look at the body and mind as everything. And then once you're on that, dutiya abhinivesita means to become absorbed in the non-essential. Mm. Or it literally means to be absorbed in a second, a reality that is second from Krishna, in mm. your view. And the result of that absorption is bhaya, fear. Mm. So, yeah, to lose, to lose God is to lose yourself. And to find God is to find yourself. And, um, and there are rituals and rules and forms of things that really help us to do that. Mm. Um, the form that helps us to find the substance is also very interesting because in bhakti yoga, the form and substance also doesn't have a mundane duality. You know, in other words, people think like form is part of the matter world and some substance is something amorphous and mm. more like experiential base but the substance of the spiritual world is all these transcendental forms interacting with each other so that's a whole nother part of the metaphysics anyway we'll get on that we'll get um, on that uh sham is asking what's the reference canto six it's 11th canto chapter two i think the verse is 42 maybe it's around there 42 yeah i think it's 42 no it's not it's 37 11 to 37 that whole cool. section, 11th Canto, Chapter 2, beautiful section of the Bhagavatam. I'm like Very so powerful close to the, verses. I'm like so close to the 11th Canto. I'm, I feel uh, like I'm reading like eight things at the same time. I'm just like... <laughs> I know, right? I'm a mess too with that. I'm just like, God. Anyway, everyone. Okay. We'll see you all tomorrow at 6 p.m. And thank you for your wonderful comments. Uh, thank you, Shahana. Thank you, Madhava Puri, Kaylee. Thank you, PB Chat, Money Blue Skies. Uh, I saw Kostuba Prabhu was there. Hi, Krishna, oh, if you're oh, still wow. there. Hare. 
Hari Hari Shyam. Thank you, everyone. Sid, bye. Thank you all for your wonderful Kaylee, for your wonderful participation and just being here every night at 6. Gerald, we'll see you all tomorrow at 6 p.m. Kavi. Hari Bol, everyone. Thank you, Jai. Hari Krishna. Thank you. Hari Bol.